You are listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, today I'm here with Sasha, the founder of Glow Bar in London. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. I want to pick your brain about everything business, success, how you created Globar, like you've literally expanded so quickly. When did you guys open? So we opened in August last year. So we're not even a year old, which is really exciting. Um, and we launched a few of our products just before that, um, purely because we wanted to do it at the same time, but we couldn't find a location and sign our lease and everything at the same speed that we were developing the product. So it just kind of worked out that way. But officially, we're a year old on August 28th. So Oh my yeah, gosh, that's exciting. crazy. So when you first started Globar, like what was your vision? Has it kind of evolved into what you initially thought it would be? Or has it evolved in a different way? I think it has definitely evolved. So initially, I just wanted to create a product line. So I had been taking adaptogenic herbs for eight years. Um, I was li- had been living in America and you know, they'd really helped me deal with sort of like fatigue and, and burnout, which I'd experienced from like burning the candle like way too hard on both ends. If there are four ends to a candle, I was burning <laughs> all of those ends. And when I moved back to London, none of my friends seemed to be interested in them. And they, I was just learning from, you know, being able to spend more quality time with them because I've been away for so long that they'd been experiencing so much stress. They were just like, life is super stressful, like Tinder and Bumble and Instagram and jobs and commutes and everything. And life was just super overwhelming. And I was like, well, have you guys, you know, started, you know, incorporating these sort of like herbal supplements into your diet that can just help to manage your cortisol levels and some of these the effects of burnout. And they had said no, but they thought that they were really weird and woo-woo. Um, and so as a result, I decided to, to start working on a line of products that, could sort of um, educate people about the, the benefits of adaptogenic herbs in a really like relatable modern way um, and also in a way where they wouldn't have to only just take one product there we have three blends as well so they're really targeted to, to key areas of life that I discovered most women really struggle with when they're stressed so that was kind of all I had anticipated in doing and then when we were thinking about launch and where the products would be stocked and how difficult it might be to educate people about them, I started thinking about maybe we would need a pop-up or a temporary retail space or even a retail space where we would be able to sell the products and maybe have um, a cafe, a small cafe or juice bar attached to it so you could have different drinks um, and moon milks or with the herbs in or you could just like add them to a smoothie or a green juice or something like that. So, so. The, you sell the powders, Yeah, right? so we sell the powders in, in jars and we're launching sachets soon. Very exciting. Oh my God. Um, so you can take them with you on your holiday and take them to work with you without having to worry about having a massive jar in your bag mm. um so they're powders and I, I love taking powders instead of a capsule or a tincture because I just think it's just so much more organic to be able to interact with the product in its raw form mm-hmm. and then you can like make it a really enjoyable experience because you can make a drink with it you can make a smoothie with it you can bake with it you can put it into mm. smoo- into your soups or into oats. so it's like a you know it's way more enjoyable way like I love food mm-hmm. and I think if you can like incorporate like d- things that are really good for you and actually help with your well-being into the food that you eat like that's really beautiful experience oh my god yeah um, and the moon milks at mm-hmm. Bar are so good every time I go in I get one can you explain what they are 
So they're basically an Ayurvedic-inspired drink. So um, there's an Ayurvedic drink that's been around for centuries called Moon Milks. Um, and there's a, a Sanskrit term for it as well, which I, even though I'm the worst brown person in the world, I cannot pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but it originally was cow milk with honey, turmeric, um, ashwagandha and black pepper. So it was basically a turmeric latte with ashwagandha in, which is our best-selling product, actually. It's an Ayurvedic herb that helps deal with stress management. So I need to get that. Yeah. You, everyone everyone <laughs> needs it because I yeah. think we're all more stressed than we even allow ourselves to believe. Um, but I kind of looked at the, at the term moon milk and what it was, and I said, well, essentially, it's a drink that's designed to heal and nourish you. But there are, um, there are different ways that you can be healed and nourished in a rela- and, you know, whilst being relaxed at the same time. So we basically took that term and applied it to a variety of different drinks and um, that have different adaptogenic herbs in them and different superfoods in. We don't use cow milk in any of our drinks at Globar, but if you were to make a moon milk at home, like you can feel free to use cow milk if dairy agrees with you. It's just for us, we believe that it's super inflammatory. It's not great for women due to the amount of hormones that are injected mm-hmm. to the cows as well. Um, and we're really big on digestive health as well. So, um, you know, nut milks and alt milks are just generally easier on the digestive system. And if I think, well, I've read a lot of studies and believe and believe what they say that um, a healthy gut leads to a healthy mind and healthy skin. Oh yeah. So um, that's kind of the reason why we use we use almond milk instead, and we've got oat and coconut and stuff as well. Totally. So how did you come up with the concept? Because guys, for you that don't know, Globar, Globar is an infrared sauna and cafe type establishment in central London right near Oxford mm-hmm. Circus and downstairs there are some gorgeous really really beautiful looking infrared saunas and then upstairs there's the cafe and like there are a ton of products you can buy upstairs as well how did you come up with the infrared sauna kind of part of things if you wanted to start with the products and stuff like that's a pretty big step considering oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah it was yeah it was it was a, that's exactly how and I really tell people when you're starting a business you have to learn to go with the flow a little bit you like you, your vision isn't always going to be the reality and sometimes the reality ends up being way better but also way bigger and mm-hmm. terrifying so you know for for us it was you know it was definitely the products and then maybe thinking about a space where the products could live temporarily where we could then incorporate them into drinks so that people could understand how the powders could be used um at the same time I was working on this I um, had been, I was moaning basically a lot to my mom and I was being a bit of a negative Nancy because I was really tired. I was at Cordon Bleu, um, the culinary school while I was coming up with the no product range. Yeah. So I was, I was taking a sabbatical. I was training as a chef. That's um, so cool. It was really cool. It was really fun. It was super tiring and I was being yelled at all day long and I hate oh authority. Yeah. So. Same. <laughs> do not tell me what to do. Yeah. I will smack you. Yeah. And they were like, Sasha, your, your buttons are not straight. And oh. I was literally like, I'm going to kill someone. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, and I couldn't go to the, you know, I, I love, I love exercising for my mental health. It keeps me sane. It gives me all the endorphins that I need. And, you know, I, I love the, how therapeutic sweating um, can feel. And, you know, so I wasn't able to do that. And I had, when I would, had been in Malaysia, my parents are from for a couple of months before I moved back to London, I had done infrared saunas quite regularly there. And I had, when I was working in New York, I used to like work out of LA back and forth a lot. And there'd been an infrared sauna place in Los Angeles that I'd done as well. Um, so these, that, that's, it's something that I'd been familiar with. So I was moaning a lot and I was like, to my mom, I was like, you know, like I know I'm not working out and I don't, I know I'm not really concerned, you know, I'm managing my diet and I'm, I'm healthy. So I'm not concerned about my weight, but it's just like, the, you know, the emotional effects and I love being able to sweat. And, you know, I love just having 45 minutes in the day where I'm not like watching Netflix or, you know, I, I can literally sit somewhere and just relax and, you know, and, and I'm, my mind is being cleared and it's a form of mindfulness. So she was like, you know, she was like, well, honestly, like, if you miss doing the infrared saunas, why don't you just open it up a place in London where you do infrared saunas? 
And I was like, I know, but I'm doing the, these adaptogenic herbs I really believe in and I think it's really powerful and important. She was like, well, you know, you figure it out. She's like, Totally. She was like, "Stop moaning about it. If you want to, if you have, if you have a solution to a problem, figure out how to make it a reality." Basically, so I realized. I sat there and I was like, "Well, you know, like, do I have to choose? Do I have made time to make a decision now? Like, do I continue with the herbs? I can't do two businesses at once. Was you know, like, no one's opening anywhere to do infrared saunas, and I really want them. Blah blah blah. Um, and I realized basically that what attracted me to both the adaptogenic herbs and the infrared saunas was that they were sort of like these ancient natural healing practices that really helped me feel better from a mental perspective, and they really helped me deal with stress, which is something that I really. I really, really suffer from stress. I think I'm just very, very susceptible to um, high cortisol levels. So, and I was like, well, actually, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do an infrared sauna and then after have a drink with adaptogens in, like have a moon milk or, you know, get some kombucha and add some ashwagandha to it. And I was like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. This is a really long shot now because this business concept has gone from like quite conservative, small starting, you know, you you start, you know, with a small production run and you do a pop-up to basically having to figure out how to create an entire brick and mortar space where I would have to do plumbing, ventilation, get the saunas installed, you know, like train a lot of staff members to man it and how to explain everything. And it became very, very big, very, very quickly, but at the same time, very organically. Mm-hmm. And I kind of realized, you know, I guess go hard or go home. And that's kind of how it all happened. How did you initially get funding for it? Did you have investors or did you like... So I think it's it's definitely different for, from everyone. So for me personally, our first seed of, inge- of investment came from family and friends. So mm-hmm. we just did a like very private investment run. Um, and then I used a lot of my own savings as well yeah. for my stuff that I'd saved to buy a home and stuff like that. Um, we're going to be doing a second um, fundraising round and that will be more a sort of like... Angel. Yeah, angel yeah. or VCs, you know, whichever works best for us. So we, I won't go back to family and friends probably for the next round because it'll be for so it's very different when you're asking people for money to build a space um and we pay for all of our overheads and everything like just through the money that comes into the shop so none of the investment money has been used to pay salaries or to pay my salary Mm. so it's easier to ask like family and friends for money when they can literally physically see what the money is going into when you want to start hiring people you know you want to hire someone who's head of tech you want to hire someone to do product development for you for example or hire someone who's going to handle the social media because I basically do it myself right now and sometimes you say to yourself should I be spending all of this time on Instagram you know um that's where it becomes much harder to ask loved ones for the money because Mm. they just feel like they're they're financing other people's lifestyles so that's when you kind of have to go to VCs and angels who understand the importance of investing in people so absolutely that's amazing so how did you like you were working a corporate job before, was it? or Kind of, yeah. I was advertising beforehand, so okay, yeah, semi-corporate. So how to, were you starting the side hustle of creating these products before the story even started? Like, were you kind of developing that while working your advertising job? Like, were you side hustling it, or did you just completely quit and then completely start fresh with these new products? So, yeah, I was definitely not side hustling. I was living in New York. I had, like, zero time for any side yeah. hustle or even really the mental bandwidth for it. I was so sort of, like, engrossed in my life in New York and working crazy hours. And then I was doing, you know, like, soul cycle in the morning. And then I was going to, like, client drinks in the uh, in the evening and then going out and blah, blah, blah. And, like, New York is just one of those – it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. You it's know? crazy. There's no – oh, it's a Monday. I'm just going to take it easy and watch Netflix. It's a Monday. There is, like, X, Y, Z to do, especially – the moment the rain cold and snow stops it's like everyone's out no matter you know what whether it's march or july so i didn't really have time for it but i was really interested in the products i was taking them i've been taking them at home so when i first started taking adaptions i was taking capsules and then i got really when i started realizing that they worked and they were really beneficial i started 
buying more and more capsules and one day I was taking like eight capsules a day and I was like oh god it feels really medicinal it doesn't feel enjoyable and I and I hate taking pills anyway so like for me I'm like literally like shoving them at the back of my throat and like yeah. having to have a massive glass of water for every pill I take because yeah. I, was ne- I never really grew up taking a lot of medication anyway so then I started finding the powders and I was making just blends at home in like a mason jar and I would keep them next to my blender so whenever I came back from the gym I'd always make myself like a protein smoothie sort of situation I would just add them to that um and it was just really yummy because i just do like almond milk and some like vanilla protein powder from like sun or something and like some strawberry and then some bunch of herbs and it was great it fueled me and it got my herb fix in and it was great um and then um so i didn't and i actually never thought that i would ever create a business that was to do with that but yeah, were was, you always entrepreneurial i so i actually grew up being very entrepreneurial but i i always thought that to start a business i had to have like a business like a serious business so Mm -hmm. I always thought that if I did my own thing I would have my own advertising agency or something but it's actually funny because when I was a kid growing up my like all my like business ideas were actually very creative anyway so it makes a lot of sense that now Globar is how what the way it is versus a you know restarting a a digital Mm. marketing agency so I used to like paint I used to collect rocks in my garden and I would wash them and I would paint them and I would like sell them to all my dad's friends as paperweights and then I'd give the money to charity I would like I never kept any of the money that I made I would not give it to charity and then like one year I like painted I went to Ikea and I bought like the you know you can get the packets of the really cheap photo frames and I took them home and I painted them and I sold them for a charity that I'd seen a previous year in a market that had made no money so then the next year I was like I'm gonna make them loads of money so I painted all these frames and I sold them for like extortionate amounts of money but I was this little girl being like it's for charity you know <laughs> buy them and I did that and then one year even I my, my poor friend Charlotte I used to make her give me all of her old comic books and so I would collect all of her old comic books and all of my old comics books and I'd go around the playground and I'd sell them to people again money went to charity so but I would that's amazing know, I know <laughs> good for you if I was a kid and I was being given money I'd be like oh like I'm just gonna keep this for myself like how did you why <laughs> Did you grow up with giving a lot to charity? Yeah, definitely. I think my family is sort yeah. of like very much inclined in that way. And we were always taught that we were very, very lucky to to live in a nice home and to be able to have food on the table and to have shoes. And, you know, like my parents, they um, their parents were civil servants. So they they had, you know, my parents had had to work very hard to get to where they were. And then my parents, my grandparents who were civil servants, they'd had to work very hard to get to where they were because their parents were immigrants from India and Sri Lanka into Malaysia, like, goodness, how many years? So you were brought yeah. up in a family of hardworking, yeah. like, good ethics. That's amazing. 100%. And I think, like, you know, you can't you can't teach that at a late age. No. Like, it's something you have to instill it's in your children. It's ingrained in you. Yeah, 100%. It's ingrained in you, 100%. That is amazing. I'm so impressed. So, like, from concept to product, how long did it take when you first launched your, your powders? So, conceptually, it started in... March 2017 and then we launched February 2018 okay so almost a year that's amazing I actually I spent between March and September at culinary school so a lot of it was like me having to do all the research like and you know in the evenings I didn't really have the day to do it but it's funny because I I've started like crafting as a hobby because I'm trying to like practice mindfulness through more like tactile things mm. um, and I don't knit I actually like really hate knitting because it takes you like a year to make a jumper right so and I need like I need an instant gratification yeah. so I'm making like 
beaded bracelets and stuff That's like, like cool. as if I'm a kid but I literally went home yesterday with like a tote bag full of beads and my mum was like what my, my parents are in London at the moment so they're staying with me and my, I literally went home and my mum was like what is wrong with you like why are you so extreme like you get into something and you become super super extreme and I don't know whether it's because I'm an Aries and so like we're super like headstrong and yeah. get really involved in something but that's kind of how I was with the, with the products I was like well I'm gonna do this and now I'm just gonna basically spend all my waking hours that I have time doing it so I literally come home from class at seven in the evening I would spend because I did a I had a big spreadsheet where I had all the, the different herbs I'd been taking the benefits that I had felt benefits that have been reported on as well that you know and I had had anyway all these books on the science behind the adaptions and I was coming up with the blends and figuring out what the you know the best combinations were and so I was going home every night literally from like seven to like midnight I was working on that and I'd be up at six for class the next day and then the weekends I would be doing it and then the moment I graduated literally like we, I graduated from culinary school. I went to the States for a week for a friend's wedding. I came back and I was like full time. I was like, I'm in like my mode now. And that was September. And really like we launched in February and between September and February, finding a manufacturer, making sure the blends are actually like have I was gonna efficacy. Ask that. How did you find a manufacturer? How did you like just find all these things from, from nowhere, basically? Google.com, yes. 100%. <laughs> so like, that's why I tell people, I'm like, if you, the internet always will have the answer for you. It's just about figuring out how you ask Google for your answers and how much time you're willing to spend on it. So lots of people, they'll like get to like maybe two pages and they're like, oh, there's nothing here for me and they give up. But like, I don't give up. And so when I was trying to find manufacturers, you know, I was and I was calling people all the time and I wanted to start with a really small production run because... I was like, well, no one in London even takes adaptogens. So I'm not going to, I don't want to be stuck with literally like 2,000 units per per SKU or product type. And then no one's going to buy them. That would be terrible. So I wanted to start with a couple of hundred, you know, we had six products I wanted to launch, three single herbs, three blends. And I was like, how am I going to find someone to make them for me? Because everyone was saying no. Minimum order a thousand at least. A hundred percent. And lots of people wouldn't even email me back because we didn't even have a website, you know? Mm. So then they would try to research me. I was like, well, my website's not up yet. You know, and they were like, well, who are you? We don't, we don't really care about you. It was getting to the point where I was going to have to make them at home. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to be having to make, you know, how many hundreds of units out of my tiny kitchen. Um, so I called up um, the Soil Association, actually. Um, and I asked them, like, do you have any manufacturers who are organically certified? So mm. I, I knew that we couldn't afford to be organically certified as a, as a business because you have to pay like extortion about hundreds of, hundreds of pounds per product line and then you have to renew it on a yearly basis. So I knew that there was no way as a business we could afford to, to ourselves be organically certified, but I knew that if we used organically organic products and we had it manu- uh, manufactured in an organic like facility, like organic certified facility, that would be enough because a lot of the time the stamp is literally just something you pay for. Yeah. yeah. So I called them up. They gave me a list of five people and I emailed each one of them and I called each one of them and I was just really lucky that one of them came back to me. We've actually now switched manufacturers because we're trying to scale and we've gone to a larger, a larger one. Um, and it's easier to find the larger manufacturers who are willing to work with you when you're a more established business. But obviously when you have nothing to say for yourself, that's when the struggle is. And so that's why I would always recommend that to people like call up the organic boards, call up any of the trade boards, like, you know, find out like, so if you're looking, say you're producing, or, I don't know, but let's a, a moisturizer, a face yeah. moisturizer, like call up the EU like beauty board, like call up, you know, anyone that you think might know people and be like, I'm launching this. Like, do you have a database? 
you know, and then sometimes you have to scour through the database. Sometimes they'll send you like a few names if they're nice and just be really, really nice. But don't sound naive. You have mm. to be like, you know, like I'm a start. You'd be like, I'm a startup, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, sound really professional, but be really kind and courteous. And a lot of the time people will like extend a like tiny, tiny olive branch and then you just take it. And, and then work from there yeah. and network from there. Totally. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about marketing and PR because I feel like since you guys have launched, I see you everywhere. Like I was in Planet Organic the other day and one of your moon milks are there mm-hmm. with your with your logo in Planet Organic, like at the juice bar where they yeah. make it. Mm-hmm. How like and also you're in a ton of magazines and there's a lot of press around you. Obviously, Mo, your PR is incredible. I work with her. She's amazing. She's amazing. But do you blame all of that on hiring an outside PR to help you? Or did you have a lot of ideas with the marketing? Like how did you grow to become so well known in London in such a short amount of time? I think it's a combination. So um, PR is definitely important. Like you want to get in the press and Mo's done an incredible job. And the agency I used before her emerged did an incredible job as well. And um, and that helps with your SEO 100%. Like if you have good PR, then you don't have to spend so much on AdWords. So that's amazing. Um, it's about making the right connection. So through Mo, I have met a lot of people who've been able to help. Like, And we were really lucky that we have a beautiful space. So we have a lot of influencers and stuff come in it's as well. Fine, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of word of mouth through that community as is. Um, when it comes to being in places like Planet Organic, they were the first place to actually stock us. We actually went in there before we even opened our premise. And we're really lucky. Shout out to Aurelia, our buyer. She's amazing. So she's super forward thinking. She's really into wellness and natural beauty. And she loves adaptogens and crystals and clean skincare. And she's just like my kind of girl. And she read an article about us in, oh my God, it must have been when we first launched, so like in March or April um, last year. So she reached out to you. Yeah, she so she read an article and she reached out. And she was like, "There are no adaptogen brands in the UK who are communicating, you know, the benefits the way you are, who have packaged it in a really beautiful, Instagrammable way, the way you, well, the way you guys have done. Like, can we discuss you potentially coming to Planet Organic? And for us, it was incredible because I love Planet Organic. They've got seven locations in London. They're expanding. And so it was an incredible opportunity. So we went in there and then we opened our space. And then we were really lucky that Caroline, who's in charge of their like food to go section, goes to cycle a lot. Mm -hmm. So she would come in and have our moon milks and, you know, then she would go off. And so for her, she was always like, well, we stock your products and you're like you've kind of proven to me because I've tasted all every drink on your menu that you're able to create really interesting drinks that include your products and your brand and she would always be coming in so she would see how busy we were doing and they follow us on social and she was like your brand is doing really well um how would you like to like collaborate on something for our menu so I thought it would be like a tiny little I don't know a a three a two what is what's the small a six or whatever yeah a thing, six, yeah, yeah. Like on the counter being like try this this drink by Globar but they actually wanted to put it onto the main it was because it's basically like a spin on the yoni moon milk which we sell mm. um it's got ash, it's got ashwagandha in so which the yoni does in so because that's our most popular herb and then it's ginger and cacao um which is that's kind of the yoni flavoring which has been really really popular a lot of people don't they do ginger with cinnamon like chocolate with cinnamon or chocolate with chili but not many people are doing ginger mm. with cinnamon and i like that combination because the cacao is really sort of like soothing on the soul but the ginger is really like fiery at the same time so it's kind of like gives you a nice I balance that. yeah really really nice so yeah so she basically came in and then we just kind of talked about it and we discussed pricing and we actually do the blends in store so they order it, then literally someone goes into our back of house and has like a, it's like they're like a giant witch with a massive like vat, like making the blends, Love and then it. yeah, we're very we're very bootstrappy still, so people don't see that side of the business, but it's been really exciting and it's it's fun to grow that way. But I think 
one of the benefits we have as well is that I manage all of the social media. So I tell a lot of founders, I'm like, don't give that away to someone else. What if you're not good at it? Then like go to seminars, talk, like literally like text people, ask people, call people. If you have a friend who's good at it, like if you have a friend who's an influencer, I feel like a lot of people know people who are influencers or bloggers or do content in some capacity. Just say to them like, either like I'll take you out for dinner or I'll pay you. Can you just spend a day with me and teach me how to, to shoot content? and like get a good iPhone I have the iPhone XS I use portrait mode on it I take 90% of the photos we post on Instagram how many posts do you do a day just one just one a day just one a day at the same time a day you put in your calendar yeah no I just like wake up and it's the first thing I do when I wake up and then sometimes I'll forget and so I'll post in the evening and I'm like you know I think if you want to be regimented do a calendar reminder for yourself every day if you are really really bad at it you can do a content calendar so I've taught because I used to do social and I was in advertising so I've taught a few friends how to do a content calendar literally just have a spreadsheet you have date the days and the dates down the down mm-hmm. the side across the top you have you know like you know like instagram image instagram copy hashtags to add into the comment section and then you can like spend maybe a day a month planning out the next month um and then you just sort of email yourself the images and the copy every every evening for the next morning you set an alarm and do it if you want to be a bit more loosey-goosey like I am, you know. Yeah. Like, I just literally, like, sometimes I'll go into Glow Bar and I'm like, oh, the light's really nice in here today. I'll just take a couple of photos of our drinks and I'll take the photos and then the next day I'll just start posting them. Um, so it can be, I just think having a bit more of an organic manner to mm. it can not only, like, portray the tone of voice of your brand, but also allows you to have a bit more flexibility to say, like, what do we need to say today? You know, what, like, sometimes I'll go through the... Um, our sales reports and I'll be like what's not doing so well at the moment like we can do like an extra social push just take a nice photo and I'll post it that evening and yeah how did you grow your Instagram following because what are you guys at right now you're at 16k yeah that's amazing for a year I know it's, that's really big I, but I'm like ah, I want 20 I want 30 oh my god we'll help you get there so <laughs> yeah. I want to look at it now tell me um how did you grow it so is it just from having influencers in mm-hmm. uh, yeah so it's we have hardly done any paid advertising so we have like I'm trying to put a bit of money into paid promotions right now. So I've just done a paid post today for the rainbow latte we're doing for, for Pride. Ooh. Just because we're trying. Oh, you did like the paid for on Instagram. It's sponsored. Yeah, yeah exactly. it looks really good. It's I'm really, really right yummy. And we're doing 100% of the proceeds are going to. Huge. Um, yeah, to London Friend, which is an LGBTQ charity for about like well-being and mental health within the community. So it's a really beautiful charity and we're not even taking any a single cent from that. Um, That's amazing. So we're just trying to get the sales up because obviously prize net. I want to try that. Oh my God, the match with Boba. It's so good. I might stop by after this podcast. We're down the road. I might come get a drink. We'll walk back together. (laughs) We'll walk back together. Um, It's really incredible because you know what? Your branding is so on point. Everything is like so Instagramable, aesthetically pleasing. And it's like... I'm looking at your feed right now and I'm like, I want to go in. I want to chill there all day. I want to go for a sauna and then sit with my computer and do work afterwards and have a moon milk. Like your, your whole brand is super inviting. Right. Thank you. No, seriously. And did you ever have any branding like strategists or professionals help you out with this or it's just all you? So I, so I'm based my, the way my background is that I actually trained as a brand strategist so that's it babe <laughs> yeah that was my so my first job out of uni I worked for Interbrand which is a branding consultancy in London mm-hmm. and then um and I'd been so my dad was always the kind of person who made me work every summer but he actually didn't I never got paid so he was like you're not gonna go he's like 
I want you to understand the value of money, but I want you to also like have a have a set of tools basically to, for you to get a job. And no one was going to be paying a fourteen year old to do an internship. But from the age of fourteen, he was always sending me literally every summer. So while my friends were like in Marbella on holiday and in Val de Lobo and whatever, I was like in Kuala Lumpur, like working in an advertising agency. And at the time, I was like, I hate my life. But now I can look back on it and say, you know, it was really valuable because and you learned so much. Yeah, I learned so much. I learned how to be professional in a work environment. So when I graduated uni and I got my first job, I was already ready. I was well this is just another it's just like every other summer that I've lived for the last how many years um and then I went to New York and I did my master's in brand strategy brand and digital strategy and then um I actually got a job in PR um when I graduated I hated it I'm not so I'm don't think I'm I don't think that I can do PR um it's like I think it takes a really strong woman to do PR because you're having to deal with a lot of difficult people a lot of customer service Mm -hmm. oh my god you don't even know I'm so like I wish I was better at customer service I have my new project manager Gabriella like doing all the emails like for my event for my ebook for everything because I'm like I can't like I'm so defensive about my business that like I'll be a bitch and I'm like I can't be a bitch it's customer service exactly I found it really really hard so I ended up um applying for other jobs and I actually got recruited by the agency I ended up working at they're a digital agency and so I went in doing content initially and at the time I complained all the time because I was like you told me I was going to be doing strategy like I'm a brand strategist and I'm doing content I can't believe this is what I'm doing but I I really and I mean at the time when I started there was no paid content so it was all organic so it's all about growth through organic mm-hmm. content and being topical and how to make content really quickly because like say you know I don't know imagine Beyonce like dyed her hair pink then it's like what's you know and that was trending on Twitter then what do you post on Twitter and Instagram to like yeah. then you had to do it within an hour so it was really exciting actually and then I moved from that and back and then I finally went into strategy and I managed to do what I was what I wanted to do all along but those the combination of all those experiences that kind of helped me understand how to build a brand how to think about it strategically how to work with content but I did have a designer so her name's Emmanuel she's incredible and she did my design work for me in terms of like my logo and then you see the glow baby glow and the cups and stuff like that because so good I had a logo which I made with some like random like janky font I literally like found on the internet she was like oh no I was like I don't really have budget for you to like change my font and she was like I'm not going to charge you very much because we can't do any of the rest because I hired her to do my packaging design for the products Mm. she was like we cannot work on the packaging until we fix your logo yeah (laughs) because your logo is awful and I was like okay well this is basically where my skill set stops yeah um and that's kind of you have to also acknowledge where your skills lie and where you're exactly and then delegate that what you're not good at 100 percent. what are your top like business tips for people listening that want to start their own company or are feeling entrepreneurial they don't really know exactly what they want to do yet but what are your like top tips for success in being your own boss um well I think one of the main things is that you just kind of have to um I don't know what the phrase is like I guess Nike is the best, like, just do it. If you have an idea or if you have kind of started something and you're like, you know, you're just dipping your toe in, like, no, like, if you have an idea, just do it. No one's going to encourage you or discourage you or whatever as much as you can encourage yourself. So the way it's going to work is, I think a lot of people can relate with to me is that most of your friends will look at you like you're a crazy person because generally most people are incredibly risk 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 adverse so if you say like i'm going to quit my job because i want to start a smoothie brand or i'm going to quit my job because i want to be a fitness instructor and then and do my own fitness tutorials on igtv and do and have brands pay me to represent their brands or whatever because you love doing fitness tutorials 
majority of your mates are going to go, we support you, but you're kind of crazy. And then you're going to go to dinner parties and people are going to go, oh, how good for you. Good for you. But they're going to be thinking like, oh, is she crazy? Like you're 30 and you quit your job. Or you're 25 and you quit your job to do this. Like, are you mad? So no one's going to give you the belief that you need in yourself. Like you just have to find it within yourself and then just do it. So I think Don't that, give a shit what people think yeah, about you. Seriously. Because like, yeah, there's no, life's too short. You life know? is too short. Um, I think secondly is that you, and that's the, this is one thing I find really hard is patience. You have to learn to be patient. It's like starting a business does not equate to having the need that I have for instant gratification. So you're not going to see the fruits of your labor immediately. It takes way longer to do something than you think it's going to take. Like I was like, okay, so I'm going to open the space. Now that I've decided to do infrared saunas um, with the adaptogens and the, the like the cafe and sell my products and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Six months. I'll find a space, I'll sign my lease and I'll get all my design work done and build in six months time. And I remember my dad laughing at me because he's a, he's a property developer. So he's, he knows exactly how long things take. And I was like, you don't know me. You don't know my drive. And he was like, he was like, Sasha, you can work as hard as you want to, but these things take time whether or not you like them to. And I was like, no, no, I was like, I can do it. I can do it all. Just you wait. And then, then I realized it was just taking so long to find a premise and so long to get the lawyers to communicate and so long to get the right permits from the council, so long to source things, find the right mm. staff. These things just all take time. There's nothing you can do to expedite the process. So, and even when you're, if you're developing a brand or you're trying to, you know, trying to create a product or, you know, an app, especially with apps, I've seen it with a friend. These things, like they're, they're, the time scale sometimes is just out of your control and mm. you have to learn to be patient. You have to learn to roll with the punches. You have to learn to look at the hurdles and say, this is just part of the process. And yes, it set me back like two months than the, the timing that I wanted, but just you just have to say, let it go and just keep moving on. So I think those two, I, I think are really key. And I think the last thing is, is to like also be really kind to yourself. I think especially once you've taken the plunge to start a business, that it's really hard to put a lot of pressure on yourself because you're always saying to yourself, like, I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing well enough or this or this or this. And especially if you're a solo founder, you don't have a co-founder to give you the pat on the back and your partner, as much as they want to try, they'll never truly understand what you're going through. Plus, you probably don't want to sit at the dinner table all the time moaning and crying about how difficult your day has mm-hmm. been. And then when you get to the point where you have employees, you can't share those woes with your employees because you have to have boundaries. And so it can feel really lonely and isolating sometimes. And that's where you have to say, like, say to yourself, like I always say, like say a positive affirmation to yourself every day because you like you're not going to get it from anyone else unless you have the most supportive, insightful partner in the world. Which unfortunately, sometimes people just get stuck in their own lives. And so, like every morning or every evening, you just say to yourself, like I'm capable and I'm powerful, and you're doing a really good job, you know. And like no one's going to hear you say that to yourself because you're you're in a bathroom or you're in your bedroom by yourself. Oh my god, you're so right. Like this morning, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, like the very wrong side of the bed. I had no sleep last night. I was just up all night stressing about a ton of different stuff. And I literally took out my journal. I do my morning routine every morning. And I was like this, like I, it's a decision right now. Like I can decide to be the best version of myself possible today, but it's going to be harder today Mm because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like I just need to figure it out. So I literally wrote a list of affirmations, Amazing, a whole page. It's like, listen, Mimi, like I was talking to myself. I was like, babe, you're fine. Like your life is great. You're totally fine. Like everything's going to be okay. You're doing the best you can with what you have. You know, like I love myself, like a lot of self-love stuff because obviously those problems kind of arise when you're feeling stressed and stuff. Exactly. So it, I swear my day completely changed afterwards. It's revolutionary. It seems so simple, but yeah, guys try it at home. I swear it actually really, really works. And also looking in the mirror 
yeah. and talking to yourself. Oh yeah, I Always. think especially. I mean, especially if you're if you're British and you grew or you grew up in England. Like I'm not English, but I grew up in England. All my friends are English. It feels very foreign to to literally like look in the mirror and and speak to yourself. But sometimes you just have to do it, and no one is what like. Remember, no, no one, one is, is watching. watching. You know, no one is judging you. No one cares that you've done it. You don't even have to tell anyone that you did it. I mean, I am an oversharer, so I literally will text my friends every time I do anything. That, I, I mean, not all my friends. I have three, and I force them all to. They're three separate friends who are all forced together into a group chat just so they can listen to literally like me being like, "Today I did this." That is so <laughs> funny. Oh yeah. my god. I love that. I really, really do. One more question, businessy, and then we will end the podcast. But how did you hire your first person? Like, who did you hire? What what position were they when you first kind of brought on people onto your team? And like, how do you manage your time? So the first person I hired was my store manager. Um, her name is Sue. She's still with me. She's literally amazing. But but you hired her after the store opened. Like, no, you didn't so hire anyone before. Oh, she she you hired her before you guys opened. Yeah. Okay. So I hired her two weeks before we opened. Wow. So I had. So basically, I'm a solo founder. I have no one helping me except for freelancers. So I have a freelance PR consultant, Mo, and then I have um, a freelance designer who works with me just on packaging design. So, um, and she did my general branding and packaging design, but for lots of our like small things, when we do like a mailer, I, I can't really afford her to do that. So I'll do a lot of that myself. And then I have a freelance web designer who designed our website. And whenever we have issues, he just charges me an hourly rate mm-hmm. to like fix the website. And then aside from that, honestly, I don't have anyone else. So I do everything else by myself, really. How do you organize your weeks? Oh my gosh, I, uh, badly. <laughs> I need a PA. Um, I just honestly have to say to myself, I put all my meetings in my diary and I see where the gaps are. And then I just sometimes have to block out like four hours out of my day. If, I, if there's a four hour gap, I'll block it out and I'll be like, I'm in a meeting. I'll tell people I'm in a meeting. And I can't, I literally cannot work from global if I have four hours because I always get dragged into things or people will see me and they'll really want my time. And I love that. I love talking to people who come and I love hearing people's stories. But sometimes I'm like, I really have like spreadsheets to do yeah. or I have this to do or whatever. So we're at Mortimer House right now. I have a membership here where I do work from and I work from home. I have a home office and I work from home and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just about having to draw, I think it is having to make sure there are boundaries um, and basically blocking your diary out so that if anyone is looking at your diary, they just see that you're busy basically um and I also I actually I understand I I used to be you know I would hustle so hard that I would work all through the night but I've actually um learned to kind of switch off a bit so actually I don't work after 9 p.m anymore um and I really don't work like on the weekends I don't work on Sundays ever um if I'm at Globar I'll sometimes do, take my laptop with me and I'll do a bit of work but generally I'll like do more on the floor stuff I'll help the girls out in the cafe and stuff like that I try not to be like laptop bound on from like Friday like even like 7 p.m on a Friday until Sunday night and I'll maybe do a quick sweep of my email Sunday night just so I know how much time I have to dedicate on Monday morning but I think it's really that's really personal and I'm a way more loosey-goosey with my schedule than a lot of people are because my job has so many different facets like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm on the floor sometimes I'm filling a shift and I'm literally cleaning saunas sometimes I have to do I'm going to, I'm literally doing workshops. Like I'm going to to Suffolk next weekend to do a workshop. So that's literally like half my day. I'm going out to the country and I'll be doing the workshop. Then I have to travel home the same day. You know, sometimes I'm, I was at Koi Bird last week and we were serving up drinks and, you know, for for an event, for a charity event and stuff that we're doing there. So it's just super different and everyone has different ways. Like some people are like really, you know, like they'll, this is what I used to do for exams. They'll be like, 8.30 a.m. to 9 9 a.m. I will be answering emails. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'm going to do like, 
you know, Instagram post. This is, and if that's how it works for you, that's perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. But I can't stick to that. I just have to say, this is my four hour gap. And I'm just going to then write a list in terms of priorities of what work needs to be done. And I pray to God that I can make my way through at least half the list. And then I know what to do that night before 9 p.m. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we talk about morning routines on the podcast a lot. I'm obsessed with morning routines. How do you, okay, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed one morning, what do you do that ensures that you'll bounce back and have an amazing day? Like what are certain things that you can do that really just help your brain? I think I'm really lucky that I have two pets. So I've actually three pets. I've got two dogs and a cat. And um, so when you wake up and you've got a tiny, and one of them is tiny, she sleeps in bed with me. So when you wake up and you've got a tiny dog literally like snuggling you in the morning, it's very hard to be in a bad mood. To be in a bad mood. And if and if I am, I typically tend to, I, I can get over it if I've got like a, so like for example, I love spinning and I'm so thrilled that SoulCycle is now open. I'm like a SoulCycle fan girl. I've done, you know, I did like 250 rides by the time I left New York. And now I'm so, I was like, uh, now that it's open, I'm like, I'm on my 255th ride. Yes. Oh my God. You know, like just how many more to 500? Um, stuff like, you know, like spinning, doing a morning exercise that really clears my mind, puts me in a good mood. Um, and honestly, like I feel really lucky to be able to like, like created a business that I believe in. So if I, if I come into Global and it's busy and stuff like that, if I'm, I'm in a bad mood, like that sort of stuff just instantly brightens up my day. Again, it's different. Like mm. I, for me, like endorphins make me happy immediately. So if I can get those, just get a quick fix of those in. Do you drink coffee? So I don't drink that much coffee. So sometimes if I'm doing an afternoon like workout class, like I'll need a coffee. Cause I'm like, yeah, I am drained. But I drink matcha. So I drink matcha every morning with ashwagandha in it, and I do it with almond milk, and that mm. really sets me up for the day because it gives me a slow release of caffeine. It doesn't give me any anxiety. Like if I drink coffee in the morning, I'm like super jittery. Really? Yeah, and I get really anxious, and then I start overanalyzing any everything. Um, and I'm trying to get more into meditation. So I'm going to be doing a transcendental meditation course. And hopefully when once I'm, I've learned to quieten my mind, that's something I can incorporate into both my morning and evening routines. Because they say mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening as well. Babe, I'm trying that these days. And it's like revolutionary. Yeah. Revolutionary. Okay, it changes your that. life. You don't realize how much it changes you until you actually do it for like three consecutive days. I'm doing these Joe Dispenza like guided meditations do you know who that is no but i've never like, guided before oh my god they're but so good is his voice good because i find like bad, yes you know some yes. people's voices you're like you're so no annoying. no because no, he's this like neuro like i don't even know what he is but he's like a doctor okay and he it's like a brain specialist and like these meditations like are intense like they're designed to like make you the best version of yourself basically. Oh, wow. they're really okay, i'm good. gonna have to get that link from you Yes, I will. Absolutely. Okay, we're done. Where can everyone find you on social media? So you can find Glowbar and Glowbar LDN. So don't forget the LDN at the end. And then me, I'm Sasha.Sabapathy. I know that's super long. So if you go in the Glowbar one, you can find literally, there's a photo of me somewhere on it. You can find it and find (laughs) me that way. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.